Hey guys, and welcome to Muscles of Medicine Podcast. I'm Joe. And I'm Aaron. Guys, on today's episode, we're going to dive into the topic of nutrient timing, talk about some of the different approaches we might have to it and how ours differ as coaches, some things that we've experienced with it and the different types of applications that we've given to our clients. Uh, We're also going to discuss the types of foods and how to maximize your performance with those different types of food. Uh, We're going to dive into some training tips as well between drop sets, supersets, talk a little bit about maybe some rest pause training um, that we've used to get people to grow in growth phases. And at the end of the episode, we'll kind of help you determine which training modality, whether powerlifting or bodybuilding suits you best based on your goals. All right, guys, let's dive into it. So the first thing we're going to talk about is going to be the nutrient timing. So basically, like in a nutshell, what we're talking about when we say nutrient timing is like when you're eating your meals and like how you're timing them to make sure you're getting the most kind of bang for your buck. Yeah, with getting the most out of your training. Exactly. Um, kind of, I when I think of nutrient timing, I always think pre and post workout, sure. the most important ones as far as timing. Um so what are some foods that you recommend for a pre-workout meal? So I always try to make sure that I have some kind of like quick digesting carb and also a decent bit of sodium before we go into a workout. Big thing I'm like harping on with a lot of my guys right now is just their water intake, especially as it gets a little bit warmer outside. Yep. A lot of people, uh, I, you know, I, I used to hear, especially, you know, it's funny, like when we get like super lean before shows, like you'll see like your average gym bro come up to you and be like, Man, what are you what are you taking to get that lean? You know, what what kind of pump product are you taking, or what are you what's your starving? I'm like, no, nah, yeah, but like a lot of times, I'm like, you talk to them and they're like, they're not drinking hardly any water. They're yeah. like not you know adding any extra sodium into their food. It's just like the really basic stuff. Yep. And it sounds like we're gatekeeping like the real secrets when we're like, you know, yeah, there I'm, are no secrets. So I do it a little differently with pre workout meals, and it depends on when you're eating your pre-workout. So if you're eating your pre-workout at least 90 minutes before, always have them do a, like a complex carb and then add a simple carb like 30 to 45 minutes before. Okay, sure. Or if you're doing it an hour before, you can do both at the same time. So that that's why I'll do 120 grams of rice, got your complex, and then do maybe like a muffin that has a ton of sugar in it. It, depend, it also depends on what phase you're into. So I know one thing that I like doing is I'll have my rice with some fats too, because fats will actually slow down digestion just a little bit. Mm -hmm. So that'll kind of last a little longer. You'll feel fuller while you're training and then do maybe some apple. Like you can do hundred grams of an apple. Those are pretty quick, quick carbs too. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. And if you're not eating an hour and a half or at least an hour before working out, the quick carb approach works too. Yeah. And then quick carbs, intro workouts, another big thing that I like to do. So with like my training approach, I mean, we've, you know, played with a couple different things over the different phases that I went through with you. But like, so for example, when I train super early in the mornings, like most times I'm getting in there like 6am now, but I remember there was a time last prep where I was having to be at PT with my guard unit at like 5am. And I had a pretty good sized breakfast that I was trying to get in and a lot of the times the type of workout I was doing with my guard unit was really like cardio based. And I didn't want to try and slam five, 600 calories and then go run. It made yeah. me feel like sick because there just wasn't enough time. So rather than 
like kind of wake up early i would like split that meal in half that way i'd have a little bit before a little bit after yeah. and then i would add in um my like simple carb i forget what we was using at that point it was we had like a lot later in the day but i would end up just i would finish that second half of the breakfast wait a few minutes smash that simple carb pre and then go into go ahead and hit my weight training after i've gotten a little bit extra fuel in me but i don't like i mean essentially it's case to case dependent and you have to just kind of figure out what works best for your body right now i'm only doing like complex carbs like an hour and a half before working out that's it i don't really need the simple carbs because i'm eating enough complex carbs that i'm not really depleted or tired or just hungry again by the time i'm training and then i'll do simple carbs like intra i'll do like um cluster bomb from redcon one mm-hmm. intra workout so those are really really the quickest acting carb it's um cyclic dextrin so those are super fast acting so i use that intro with some salt bcaa's creatine glutamine all that jazz so one thing i'm curious about so as far as like you've talked about carbs but what about protein and fats Okay. Because fats will slow down yeah. digestion. So I'm curious, like, if you have a threshold so of always, like that you would cut off at. I always try to do 15 fats at least before training. Okay. And then after, I try to keep it below 10. So right. after training, I try to keep it below 10. And I will use a lot more simple carbs after training mm-hmm. for me. It works really well for me. Like, I'll do something like Cheerios or right. like cocoa pebbles or something that's really really quick just to restore glycogen levels after training with much lower fats after training unless someone's in a growth phase so hard say you get up to 80 or 90 fats you may have 15 Mm -hmm. in your post-workout meal versus 25 in your pre-workout meal just depending on where you are though it's so dependent upon where you are and then with like talking about like protein before a workout i think like obviously you're trying to get that protein in like throughout the day but trying to get 30 to 50 grams in like you know within an hour before training or something i think a lot of times it's going to end up making you feel really bloated and i think probably you know take away from your workout more than anything it's what i've noticed anyways. i always do like 70 an hour before your workout <laughs> yeah well an hour i guess is yeah, enough for time. sure but i always so i'm eating 310 grams of protein so five meals i'm doing at least well, that's 60. what i'm saying well yours is like more yeah, like, about an hour yeah you've also been doing this for a few five, years but like two. You, like you're not going to give an everyday client 60 grams of protein an hour before they're working out if like if they need it i will yeah i'm okay. saying they're not going to be able to handle the digestion that <laughs> right first. yeah but i mean it depends on who they are if they're too. 260 pound bodybuilder yeah, yeah they'll, they'll, for sure yeah they'll handle for it sure you're ridiculous but that's all i got i got a bunch of big guys <laughs> but like 90 pounds sally doesn't yeah, mean she'll that. Like, <laughs> most of my women have 30 to 35 right. an hour and a half before Listen, hour before if i put like 60 grams of protein in one meal for like Amber Anderson, she would, she's, expo- well, she would she's explode. A female. She would turn to dust. How much she eating a day? She's at like. Protein wise. Oh, she's probably around like 110 protein or something oh, like see, that. Oh, that's fine. So you do like maybe 25 or 30. Yeah, that's sure. plenty. I was talking about for men. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'll do 300. So I'll get at least you were broad 60. brushing it there. I just want to make sure that. I get 60 every meal. Now, you had mentioned that you do lower fats after. A workout. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that is for to make sure that digestion isn't Super too quick. slow. Yeah, you yeah. want it quicker. Yeah, that's for sure. And then before, higher fats. Not necessarily higher right. fat, but I mean, you don't have to do like 25 or 30 fat grams for that meal, but right. at least have 10 to 15. Well, this is something like as we're moving into prep with Jackson and Kumi and Cameron, we were talking about their initial prep plan. And I was saying that 
I wanted them splitting up their cardio and their training specifically because I didn't want them doing like this, like a ton of cardio and then trying to go straight into a workout because obviously, you know, your workout's going to be kind of trash because you're already like super Oh, if depleted. you're doing cardio before training? Yeah. Oh, no, never. Exactly. So I'm saying like, okay, even if you're doing your training and then trying to do cardio immediately after, I want them to get some kind of like quick carb in, something that's like, you know, a simple carb in immediately after that workout before they're doing their cardio just because i don't like the idea of especially for a natural athlete that's you know deep into prep already you know hormone levels are probably starting to get a little bit right. lower because you know your fats are getting so low so like i don't want them going through like a you know hour 15 hour 30 minute workout and then going hitting in 45 minutes of cardio and it's just it's really tough on them and i think it'd be hard for them to sustain yeah so that's dependent though on like natural versus non-natural too i feel like so like for me in a prep if i have 30 minutes of post-workout cardio i'll just do it just bust it out yeah, yeah. i don't i'm never eating between and like so my thing is two hour we always considered like post-workout cardio you're so depleted by that time it's basically fasted yeah. it should be like you should train hard enough that post-workout cardio is basically fasted well i guess if you're hitting a like you know intracarb though like yeah yeah so if you're doing an intracarb you're using probably most of them. And if you're in prep, you're probably not doing much intracarb, if no. any. Like, I think the most intracarbs I ever got in prep was like 30, yeah. which is nothing. We had it at the very beginning of my prep, I think. Yeah, the, you start taking it out as you go yeah. along. I don't know, but like you said, like the differences between like enhanced and natural athletes, you can kind of take, you can push the boundaries a little bit more with an enhanced athlete than what you would a natural athlete. So uh, I agree. But. Yeah. I think post-workout cardio is fine as long as you're not now if you're training for an hour and a half and then doing 60 minutes of cardio so don't do that that's what i'm saying you're just asking for excess fatigue so is this for only bodybuilders or power lifters or is this something that everyone no, you think could if benefit i've got from? you know uh, i've got a lady that's coming out you know say i've got like a teacher or somebody that works a standard like nine to five and she's wanting to do like a zumba class in the evenings or like do some kind of like a pound class or something still i would say you know some of the same rules apply make sure you're eating if it's going to be like aaron said like a complex carb something that's a little bit more slower digesting get that in a good hour beforehand yeah. i think that's a good to me don't that, don't pound a pound of rice 30 minutes before your workout you're going to be so tired that's what i'm saying as a quick aside i want to i have kind of a uh a pet peeve i hate seeing people that are doing like gatorades have a ton of sugar in them and yes. they are for athletes that are spending a lot of energy i have a, several of my clients using gatorade as an intro workout it's just a way to yeah a get some quick carbs it's cheaper than buying cheaper than buying like a maltodextrin powder. yeah something along those lines however as far as like say you just go and you do like you know a you're, you're walking for 30 minutes on the treadmill you, at the gym. you don't need a gatorade. You don't need a gatorade with it i see so many people when i was working the front desk at the gym it was something that would like really start to like kind of irritate me yeah there's just i don't know the i think people really overestimate how, how much hard they're, they're exerting working. Yeah, yeah like you look at a treadmill sometimes and it says you know you've burnt 600 calories in your 30 minute walk because like whatever like i've seen some of them are super jacked up yeah. so like you know, they're like, oh, well, that just means I just, you know, I've got me at least got calories to go to yeah, spare no now. Joke. I got calories left over. That's what Mexican. I'm saying. Enough for two tacos. That's yeah, it. When I was doing, uh, when I'm in prep and I'm doing about 45 minutes of fasted cardio, I think I burn between seven and 800 calories, which is pretty realistic because I'm getting it for 45 minutes. It's not a leisurely stroll. No, yeah. And I, I'm also 250, 
260. What I tell guys is like, if it's like an accurately measured like incline walk, usually it's like a hundred calories per like 10 minutes is like a pretty like basic, like minimum to make sure that if I'm doing like a 12 incline three, two speed, I'm hitting that pretty like, you know, right at a hundred for the 10 minutes or something. So it calculates me at about 20 per minute, but I'm also hundred pounds heavier than most people. So if I'm doing not 3.2, but if I do 12 incline, 3.5, 3.6, it's about 20 cows a minute. Yeah. So that's fair. Yeah, which I think is, who knows how accurate it really is. But I know, like, based on the amount of time I'm doing, Mm -hmm. my consistency, I need to be in about the same estimated calorie range there every time. So I know I'm keeping it consistent no matter what. That's the thing. It's kind of like... Just consistency is key. Well, I hear guys that, you know, if you're weighing on a scale that's like two to three pounds off, but you're using the same scale every time, you're at least able to track progress, you right. know, and then say so you get to like, you know, we're weighing in for a show and you're like, oh, I'm two pounds lighter than what I was expecting. Or you get there and you're like, oh, I'm two pounds overweight. That yeah. would be bad. Oh, that would that'd be tough. <laughs> Make be sure tough. your scales are weighing you heavier, if anything. Yeah, that's fair. How uh, bad would that be? You like you're almost at cutoff. Well, I've seen some places where they're like, I know one of the NGA shows are saying that you bring your own scale, like. Which was weird to me. It was just like, yeah, oh, I, don't, I don't think NPC yeah. is letting you wow. do that. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I think it was a. Uh, I want to adjust it and bring my own scale to everything. I'm it, like, yeah, I'm lightweight today. Bro, it was probably like that rinky dink one that we took. I'm 155. Dev, Dev to his second one. Yeah. Man, that was so disappointing. They're like, bring your own scales to check ins, please. No, nah, no kidding. We don't have any. I think for tans, they use like brown spray paint from Home Depot. It looked rough, dude. It was, God, it was garbage. Home Depot? <laughs> uh, talking about like. Just getting away from like meal timing as far as like structured around the workout. Uh, I think we talked about this a while back, but like eating before bed as like this is more for like I think this pertains more to like lifestyle clients is where I see like this being like something they're scared of. Yeah, like, people are afraid to eat after like six o'clock. I know. I it's think, midnight right now and I'm gonna eat again. That's before fair. bed. For sure. Well, like, I think we talked about this once before, but I think where this comes from is, like, people having their morning skinny. And you know what I'm saying? You wake up, you've been fasted for eight hours or whatever since you've been asleep, and then, like, maybe it was an hour or two before you went to bed. So you got ten hours. You're on an empty stomach when you wake up. You're feeling yourself. You look in the mirror when you're getting dressed. You're looking good. Then you eat, you know, one night at, like, midnight, wake up at six. You're not nearly as, you know, you're not fasted right. as you know, much as what you usually are. You're up a little bit of weight. And they're like, God, everything I ate last night just turned straight to fat. Yeah. I'm like. It doesn't happen I'm like, like no that. Karen, it doesn't, like, you're still like. I mean, like, if I, I don't know. So many people look at it that way. If I looked at it that way, like, every time I have a free meal, I'm up three or four pounds the next day. Yeah. And by, then by two days later, I'm back down to where I was or lighter. So I don't know. So many people are afraid to eat after a certain time. And you hear about like intermittent fasting. There's some ladies at my work right now that are like, I'm only eating between 11 and seven and I've not lost weight. I'm like, well, what are you eating between 11 and seven? That's the thing. You They're like, well, this morning I had a, a bacon, egg and cheese, a Coke, hash brown, and uh, some biscuits and gravy. I was like, well, what are you, you going to get for lunch? She said, I think I'm going to get cheeseburgers and onion rings. I'm like, okay, what are you going to do for dinner? Uh, we ordered pizza for dinner. I'm like, there's why. You have, you're still, and I try to explain it to people, like, it's calories in, calories out. Doesn't matter when you eat, how you eat. It will always be. That's probably more calories than any of us are eating. No kidding. It's probably, oh, girl's running it's up a tab, close. too. She's yeah. eating now three meals a day. It's probably close. Healthy obsession. And I'm not saying, no one at my work says that, but I'm giving examples <laughs> right, of what right. people do say often. 
everyone at your work's whispering right now. Just like, do you hear what Aaron was saying? Who's he talking about? Who's which one of y'all eating onion rings? Which, speaking of which, like intermittent fasting is supposed to like limit your limit, window yeah. of eating, and that's what I explained to them. Yeah. I'm like, the reason this works is because it restricts your calories. If yeah. you're eating the same amount of calories during the eight hour window, it's pointless. You might as well just spread them out and crush through the day. When I first heard about this, I remember like doing a little bit of research on it and I listened to this guy talk on a, <laughs> and this is where I knew that it wasn't for me. He said, cause if I'm only eating on a six hour window, there's no way I'm eating 2000 calories in six hours. I can eat 2000 calories in 15 minutes. I said, easily. I, I said, bro, psh, take me to wings and rings. I'll, I'll run it up. <laughs> I'll show you. I'll show you right now. Too easy. I remember when I was in college, when I was playing basketball, I would go through McDonald's, drive through sometimes late at night with our boy Brandon Duggar. Shout out, Doug. Duggar. And we would each get, he was running cross country at the time. So he was running like 15 miles a day. I was playing basketball. So I was doing my morning workouts. I was having practice, then going and working on my feet from like 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. So I'd go to McDonald's and I'll get a Big Mac, a double quarter pounder, a large fry, a Coke, and a 10 piece nugget. He and I would both do that, and we would eat every bit of it. And we never gained any weight, hardly, because well, we were running our guts right. out every day. So, yeah, I remember hearing Skip Bayless talk on one of the – I forget if it was first take or undisputed or whatever the case was. But he was talking about he used to be like a runner. He would run like, you know – I think he still does. He like runs miles or like bikes or whatever it is. But he was saying that like he would just eat whatever because, you know, yeah. he thought that whatever. And you see a lot of these guys, they kind of get like – they're like skinny fat. Yeah. You know, that's just from – I think that kind of shows you – the whole like spiel about like you can't out train a bad diet right. like sure you can stay like in shape in shape and like relatively healthy but like you know if you're really looking to like make some drastic changes to your physique you know the quality of your calories right. also matter i mean i stayed lean doing that but it's i'm also have good genetics and i was still training very hard yeah, and i didn't do that every night Two or three nights a week, though. Well, that's, a, I mean, a good point about, like, how much having extra muscle accelerates, yeah. like, how many calories you need, you yeah, know, just for to sure. maintain. But, I mean, we was talking about, I think I mentioned to you, I have a couple that's been with me since, I think they're finishing their fourth month, and they're sort of finishing up right here. They're going to take a little bit of a break. Uh, Macy Smith and Dustin Smith from the Corbin Gym. Yes. So, both of them just was like, hey, I want to cut a little bit of weight before the summer, was wanting to just like tone some things up a little bit, not looking to compete or anything, obviously. So just want to, you know, just feel a little bit better when we go to the lake. So all right, too easy. We start cutting away. They're following everything to a T. They're doing really well with it. And both of them are getting a lot leaner. But I was talking to Dustin about he got really lean in the midsection, but he wasn't seeing a ton of like striations or anything yet. Yeah. And I was saying like it was due to lack of muscle. Well yeah for both of them. I was like, look, so like basically we would have to push really, really hard just to see like the true striations and things, just because you don't have a ton of muscle right now. I said, we'll go through a little bit of an off season and put a little bit of muscle on next year. When we do this, it'll be a little it'll bit be easier. Better. Yeah. yeah. I think people underestimate how much muscle you have to have to look how you want to look when you cut. I mean, even like now when I cut down to show weight, I'm still not as big as I think I should look. Exactly. So well, in order to be that big, realistically, I'm going to have to get to 280 pounds. Well, and then you were saying that on the last episode, guys were like, oh, you got to cut like 20? You're like, more like 50. Yeah. You know, because we still look like, you know, you still have relative shape and this, that, and the other. Right. But, hey, I was talking to a girl yesterday, and I showed her she didn't she didn't know me whenever I was in my last prep, and I showed her like one of my stage shots, you know, which is, you know, always a little boost in the confidence although yeah you know kind of look like a ken doll it is what it is but um 
<laughs> I was showing Cut her. that. No, <laughs> that stays. Y'all left in the cluck and sauce thing, so it stays. Yeah, we did. <laughs> that, was, that was money, though. Unfortunately, there's no video for this episode. That's a creature over here. That's it. <laughs> but I showed her this, and I had referenced like a picture like right before I started that prep when I yeah. was looking like a house. And you look at like A to B, and you're like, and you look at me at like, you know, before prep, you're like, oh, that dude shredded probably 200 pounds. Nope. No shot. 175. I, I remember that, <laughs> which was so demoralizing. I remember thinking my first prep with Aaron, I had started just cutting a little bit of weight on my own before I hired him. And I was cutting down from, I think I started at like 248 and I cut down to like 227-ish. Didn't you say, you, I thought you told me, you're like, yeah, I think I'll be 195 on stage. I think And two, I said, you said 200. I said, I think, I said, if I get to 200, I'll look nasty. If we have to get to like 195, I guess. And I was like, no, dude, you're going to be 180. I know. We got down to like 188 by the time the show came around. And I still we lower than the 188. I think we got down to 188 for that show. Might oh, have been 185. Yeah. A lot lower. That first, this is, I'm talking about the Mississippi. Oh, one. yeah. Yeah. So, like, didn't nearly get nearly as lean. I think, like, a lot of it still had some loose skin that ended up tightening it up over time. But regardless, like, I was like, yeah, if I get to 200, I'm going to look peeled. And I got to 200, and I was like, dang, you still got a fat, bro. What are we, what are we doing? Yeah. You know, where do we go from here? I know. No one understands. To get, like, shredded. <clears throat> yeah. There's a difference between just, like, feeling. There's you know. a difference between lean and shredded. Oh, exactly. I think oh. the leanest, uh, the lowest I ever ever got in prep was, like, 207.3. And I thought that I may die that morning. I felt terrible. Have I told the story on here about when I, like, collapsed <laughs> the, the morning I waited? Actually, like, you did not. That's a story that you mentioned, like, before we started the podcast that you wanted to talk about. Wow. A little yeah. <laughs> side. We're kind of going off script oh, here, y'all. Collapsing creature. Check <laughs> this out. This is peak week of the Louisville show. So this is after we've already done the Charlotte show. Charlotte show was, like, April 15th. We had, like, one week off. We went straight back into another peak week. And this is, I believe, Tuesday morning. This is right before we started to put some more carbs back in. So I'm, like, at my most depleted at this point. Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever it was. May have been Wednesday. But anyways, I weigh in that morning, and I'm, like, 179. By far the lightest I've been at this point. And I remember I've got a video of me, like, going through the of my posing. That was, I was saying Aaron check-ins every morning at that point. And... I was so stiff and sore that I couldn't hardly like move in my men's physique poses, which are super, you know, like yeah. just, you know, basic. basic. After that, I had to go and we were supposed to take a PT test with my guard unit. Oh, I remember this well now. Yeah. Okay. So I had organized with the guy that's in charge of the ROTC program. He let me do it a couple weeks beforehand because he knew that that was going to be my peak week and I was going to be in no condition to do this PT test. Surprise, this colonel or somebody from EKU comes down and he's wanting to watch us do the PT test. And he starts asking Major Corgan, he's like, why is Creech walking the track? I'm like, why is he not taking the test? And he's like, oh, and he didn't want to like say like he's like giving me some preferential treatment or something like that. And he was like, Creech, I, I got to have you take the test. And I'm completely fasted. Very dehydrated. Well, I, we, yes, we were drinking a we ton were, of water. We were water loading there, so I guess I wasn't super dehydrated yet, but like just super depleted. We were supplementing with, you know, Expel. Expel. MHP Expel. MHP Expel. And I, th- I want to say I was still on clean at this time, but. Yeah, you probably were. Yeah, I probably was still on clean at this time. So, anyways, it was in no condition to be running around this track here. We do the six events for the ACFT. We did the three rep deadlift max weight. It's like, 
I think for max score was like 360 pounds, which usually I can get. I think I did like 180, which is like the bare minimum, and it was felt like it was a thousand pounds. Couldn't hardly pick it up. The other five events or other four events are like whatever. The last mile, the last event's a two mile run, and I remember talking to Major Corgan afterwards, and he said it was like watching, like you know, watching someone die. Like he said, every time I'd come around the track, like big bags under my eyes, and I'm just kind of trotting through. Tears falling. I'm dying, man. And like the minimum requirement is like 21 minutes, and I finished at like 20:57, just yeah. drug across, and. He's like, the colonel comes over there and he's like, hey, everybody come over here before you leave. I want to talk to y'all for a little bit. And I went to try and grab my breakfast that I had in the car and I was trembling so bad that I couldn't hold my spoon. And Major Corgan saw me and he was like, if you need to go, go. And so I hopped in the car and could barely hold on to the steering wheel. Like my hands felt like they were cramping up. I felt like I was about to pass out at the wheel. I drive all the way back to London and... I was getting ready to go in there and like trying to whip me something up to eat. But I was like, let me sit down for a second. I sat down on the couch and I fell asleep and I fell asleep for like two and a half hours. I woke up and I tried to step up. I was like, oh, I got to pee. Started to get off the couch and collapsed, hit the floor, couldn't move. And it was I, probably from running that mile. Probably. And just two being miles. that depleted. Yeah. And I just, I laid there for a second. And I was like, I'm going to die here. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is it. Speaking of running miles, I used to run cross country. In the 110 degree weather in the summer, it was horrible. I can't imagine. I was not bad at it to be my size. I wasn't terrible. No, yeah, I'm sure. But, but to finish that horrible. story, I checked in or I went and I used the bathroom and I looked at myself in the mirror and I saw how like disgustingly like just like on the brink of death. How disgustingly disgusting I was. Oh, I just looked terrible. And I was just like, you know, for that little bit, I said... Let me see what we're weighing right now. And I stepped on the scale and I was 174. I dropped five pounds since that morning. And I texted Aaron and I was like, this is what happened. And he was like, Jesus Christ, like, are you okay? I was like, I'm not well. I said, I was like, why didn't you call me? I was about to have to. Like, I was like, I was going to, but I collapsed. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know what they say? You cluck around, you find out. That's right. <laughs> cluck around, you find out. <laughs> I hate this. I hate this podcast. He, he clucked around too much that day. I did. I did. For those of you that have never seen Joe Creech run, first of oh, all, shoot. Super, we need to post a video. Super flat-footed. And I remember, like, I always had, like, a really you – know, I've had the same size head since, like, birth. And I remember people used to make fun of the way I ran because my head would, like, kind of bobble when I ran. So then I got this habit of I'll keep my chest up. and it So your head don't move. So my head doesn't move. But then I'm creating this, like, uh, like a sail for, you know what I'm saying? So all the wind's catching my chest. It's you not, know not very aerodynamic. It is not, man. And I remember, like, all these dudes in the military trying to help me out with them. I'm like, bro, I'm just trying to survive. I'm here. just trying to keep my head from bobbing. That's it, bro. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, let's go ahead and like carry on with the episode. We're going to move into talking a little bit about drop sets and supersets. Really quickly, just giving a rundown of what a drop set is. So imagine you are doing a like rope extension. This is usually like the pin loaded machines, I feel like are yeah, usually super easy. Drop sets. Yeah, so plate loaded machines are a lot harder for drop sets. It can be done. Like I'll do drop sets on my row machine a lot. Yeah. It's usually more helpful but if you have someone to help. it's not super quick. You need someone to help you. Yeah. Because then by the time I take those 45s off, put them on the rack, take the other one off, put it on the rack, go back over there, it's been 45 seconds. So sure. it's not really a drop set at that yeah. point. Well, basically, like, what we're getting at is, say, I'm doing my rope extensions and I start with, like, 130. I'll do whatever the set requires instantly without taking a break in between sets. You'll drop from that 130 to, say, 150 or 110 or whatever the case may be. 
hit that set, drop again to 90, so on and so forth, and for whatever your yeah. exercise requires. It can be for like a designated number of reps or to failure each time, um, whichever way it's programmed for you or whichever way you prefer. I mean, I try to do like the first one. Oh, I don't ever really go for a certain number of reps except for the first set. Like if I'm doing a drop set, it's usually to failure. Yeah. The first set I'll be like, okay, I'm shooting for 10 to 12, try to get to 12. And then after that, it's just however many I can get. Talking about supersets really quickly. So imagine you've got two exercises. I usually like doing this with like kind of like opposite movements. So if I'm doing, I don't like supersetting like a tricep and a tricep. Well, not like even a, I don't like doing a back and a bicep together usually because they're both pull motions. If I'm doing a superset, I like to do it a push and a pull. So that think of doing like a barbell curl with a tricep dip or something like that. Something that's like using like opposite muscles. Basically say I'm doing that curl motion instantly go from that to the dip. Then you're taking your rest after that second set after you're doing the dip and then starting back over think of it's like a mini circuit yeah so talk about like when you might want to like throw some of these in there like for you for clients i think that a lot of these more advanced training techniques can even be utilized for like you know a novice lifter if it's just programmed it just has to be explained very well exactly so i usually put in drop sets pretty quick because i feel like those are pretty easy to master i mean it it almost explains itself if i'm like and if it's someone new of course i'll put in there i want a two sets of 12 and then i want a drop set with your third set to your set of 12 then do a double drop set so what that would mean is you hit your two sets of 12 just like your normal just two basic sets of 10 to 12 and then your third set you're going to hit 10 to 12 and then immediately drop the weight to whatever designated weight. Or I may I may go by percentage. Sometimes I'll do drop it by 30% yeah. or drop it by 50. That's and usually then, what I see on like yeah, when you Just percentage-wise usually. And then you'll go to failure there. So that's your first drop set. So we're doing a double drop set. Then you drop it again and go to failure there. There's yeah. a double drop set. And sometimes people do triple drop sets. I don't know that there's much benefit of a triple drop set over a double drop set it's just more volume it's yeah, just it's it, volume. and it's all just dependent person to person as far as supersets i use supersets when i have someone in a metabolic phase like if someone is trying to cut but still hold on to their muscles i'll program in like um a lot of more supersets i mean it'll still be heavy weight you'll still be pushing yourself or if it's someone that needs like so I had someone that was working a lot of hours and they're like, Hey, I'm going to have maybe 45 minutes in the gym. Then I'll program in supersets, especially if they're in a weight loss phase. Like if they're trying to lose weight, because in supersets, you're constantly moving. You're getting a little bit more aerobic activity versus doing straight sets. I feel like, so I, I program those in pretty often for someone trying to lose weight. So I know before we mentioned, uh, I'd mentioned the RP training, the rest pause training, and I think I've had you on one of those before, haven't I? Yes, actually, we did. Um, coming out of the last show, I believe we ended up doing it. And I actually just put Derek on it. So just for me, I think it's it's a more advanced training technique. And I don't yeah. think that I would like to, you know. Definitely, I don't start anyone on it. No. Ever. Someone needs to have been training for a while and really know how to establish training intensity. Because they're very, very intense sets i feel like yeah, i feel like it requires like a little bit more explanation like if you want to oh, like, yeah. give a little bit of a breakdown for it so like. i'll explain it and then we'll kind of ask derek to give how he's liking it so far um so with rest pause sets i think it was dr mike Isratel 
That sounds right. Mike Israel that kind of is the one who is a really big pusher of this. Um, so rest pause set basically. I'm going to give the example of doing rest pause on Smith machine incline bench because that's one that I like to do. So you're going to put some weight on there. Say I put a 45 on each side. I got 135 pounds on the bar. I will do a warm up set, just get loose, start feeling the weight, and then each set I'll start increasing weight. So I'll go from 135 to 185. Once again, that's going to be a just a pretty easy warm up set, like just going through the motions, getting a feel for the weight, and then I'll throw on another 25 on each side. Now we're at 235, it's getting a little heavier. I know that my rest pause goal is going to be 20, 16 to 20 reps for my combined sets. So therefore, I'll probably put on 275 mm-hmm. on an incline Smith machine. So in a rest pause, you're going to have three sets to get to a total number of 16 to 20 in this example. So set one, and it's all to failure. Every set's to failure. That's yeah. what makes it so hard. And there's very short breaks between each set, 15 to 30 seconds. Just enough time set. to like get, like lose a little bit of that blood out there and then press yeah. again. Enough set to, enough time to like breathe. Yeah. To catch your breath, you know, move your arms around. So say my first set with 275, I get nine, which is not bad. That's pretty reasonable. Between nine to 12 first sets, usually kind of where I would be with that. I rack it, let my arms down, move my hands, take a deep breath, count to 15 to 20. I like doing 20 seconds. And I think that's a good happy medium. Grab the weight again, go again to failure. Next set, I get five. So I'm at 14. Mm-hmm. So rack it again. You got another two to 15 yeah. to 20 seconds. Do it again. So next set, I get three. So my total would be for that week would be 17 on that exercise. And then you'll move into some accessories. So you do that with your compound lift for the day. And if you're doing like, say you're training legs, you could do that with squat. You could do that with hack press. You could do that with leg press. Um, I I would tell people to probably stray away from doing that with a uh the barbell squat especially. right yeah smith machine it's that sounds dangerous yeah, yeah. barbell squat yeah. and rp style have a spotter on each side Man, if you're doing that heck i was trying to do just close grip barbell one uh doing rest pause and that was that was about a mistake oh yeah close grip barbell any kind of free weights like barbell completely free weights non-smith machine always have Maybe two spotters when you're doing rest pause. Yeah. Especially if you're lifting heavy because near the end of like you're going the, to true failure. You're going to absolute failure. So at the end of my RP set, at the end of each set of those three sets, like at the end, I am on my chest. Yeah. I don't finish at the top. I finish when I can't get it anymore. And then you rack it and you help have someone help you lift it up and you start over. Once you get to where, so say the week after that, I got 19. Mm-hmm. So now I'm nearing the top of that RP set. That's how you kind of progressive yeah. overload within the rest pause. So, yeah. you know, say like you said for that 275, he got a 17 was his total count for the rest pause set. Next week, if he gets 18, you know, that's progress. That's progress. Made. Once he gets to 20, you kind of graduate from that. Then yep. you can start and you put with. another 10 on each side and you start back over at 15 or 16. Sure. Yeah. So, and that's, I think RP for me, I see the most size and strength gains just because it's, it is the most efficient way for me. Like I can actually see progress. I don't each think week. 
I don't think that rest pause is a technique that you should be doing in a cut at any point. No, never. Um, no, 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 no. Don't do this in a cut. You need to be in a caloric surplus to do this. It will be miserable. Aside from like maybe a burnout of an accessory movement, I don't think you need to be trained to failure if you're in a true deficit, especially if you're in a prolonged deficit. You're just you're running the risk of injury right there because if you're yeah. hitting true failure, form's going to break. There's also a difference here with natural versus enhanced. Too. Absolutely. So like in my in my preps, I'm going to failure, I, but I enjoy training that way, and I also know when to stop. Like you said about hurting yourself, I've trained long enough now that like if I'm doing pec deck flies and I'm failing at twelve, and like I get to ten or eleven the next set, and I may have one more left, if I feel something that does not feel right, I will stop. Yeah, I, I can train to failure in a deficit or in a cut, but it's that's also very dependent upon like supplementation, mm-hmm. diet, everything. I don't think if you're like if you are just and I don't mean this in a negative way, if you're just the everyday average gym goer and you're eating twelve to thirteen hundred calories a day, going to absolute failure on every exercise is not gonna be beneficial because you're probably not getting the proper macro and micronutrients to recover from that. I, I think Probably you see a lot of this with like in CrossFit, you know, you see a lot of these like, you know, they're performance-based athletes, they're endurance athletes, but I see a lot of people get into CrossFit with the goal of using it to lose weight. It's like a group fitness class where they're going to get pushed by an instructor to lose weight. So you're in a steep deficit. You're not... There's been a couple CrossFit classes I've seen that don't have a beginner's course. And so you just jump straight in. And yeah, and it's just, just like, get whatever you can get. Yeah. That's one thing I don't agree with about CrossFit. It's like I, I think CrossFit's a great idea for those that become good at it. I think it However, needs to- when you're showing up at your first CrossFit class and they're having you do a clean and jerk, that's stupid. No. That's how people get hurt. A clean and jerk is something that I know how to do because I've worked. But if you are new to a CrossFit class and you're overweight and not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to be overweight, but most of these people who start these classes have a goal of losing weight in mind. Yeah. But if you show up and let me give an example, Zach Jacobs, does, he does a lot of Olympic style CrossFit. Yeah. He is a very, very good athlete. Absolutely. He's a great athlete. He's very strong. He can sling a lot of weight around in the ways that CrossFitters do. But like, if you're just some regular middle-aged lady showing up and trying to do the stuff that he's doing and using the max amount of weight you can use, you're going to get hurt. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't like that. There's not a lot of beginners movements. I I see that in CrossFit. Like it's first day you're doing like overhead squats and snatch and everything. Like I'm, it's just, it's, it's scary to me. And the same kind of thing that makes it appealing to people is this accountability is also i think what makes it dangerous because then like you don't want to be the guy that's scaling down you don't want to be the one that's like okay well i don't really feel comfortable with the clean and jerk yet let me do something it's like you know they'll have like supplemental exercises but they're like i don't want to be that guy that goes down and then they end up hurting themselves because they were too prideful to try and like edit their workout because they're new to it so i don't know i think it becomes one of these well, things that's, and i don't mean anything bad against crossfit but i see a lot of people that do crossfit that aren't in great shape because the diet isn't there a lot of times yeah like are you saying like begin crossfit or like they're like like advanced crossfit have been doing it some of them may consider themselves advanced crossfitters but people that have been doing it for long enough to see great results yeah but they 
get there hardcore 4 35 o'clock every morning go hard and then they go through hardy's on their way to yeah. work which i mean if that's what you want in life that's fine well like you if, can't spell hardy with without hard so. that's true go hard <laughs> go hard, yes. baby, get hard all right back to back to rp i know crossfit rant over um, if you're doing CrossFit the correct way, I really respect it. Yeah. And some people do, like Zach that I mentioned. I don't know if he does. Still, I don't think he does, does like legit CrossFit. I think he does a lot of like Olympic, Olympic lifts. Yeah. But not like a It's class. similar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But man, he's someone who like I really, really respect as far as like knowing their stuff about Olympic lifting. Absolutely. And then I know there's a couple other guys that do CrossFit that I know do it seriously, take their diet seriously, and they look great. Yeah. But it's the ones that just think CrossFit's a solve all. You are going to burn a ton of calories, but your increased risk of injury is high as well. Yeah. But back to RP, what has been your experience with it so far, Derek? So today was actually the first day that day I won. And uh, Joe has me on a three day training plan just because my schedule is about to get really busy. But I was doing both uh, back and quads today. So my RP sets were on uh, T-bar row, and then for legs was on leg extensions. I love T-bar row for RP set. I don't yeah. know why, but I really like it. I think it makes it like you can like push till failure, but like you can rack it really yeah, you've easy you've got too. a safety net. Yeah, you've got a safety where you're not going to get hurt. As far as intensity, like since we started the podcast, like my entire approach, I guess, for intensity has changed. Yeah. Uh, so the show has helped me in that regard. <laughs> Let's go. But... I thought it was fun because it was a different approach yeah. than anything I've ever done before. Yeah. So, so I like it. I like to be able to see when I do RP training, I always keep a log of yeah. something in my phone from the week before. And a lot of times that is like the most motivating thing. If I got 17 last week and I see it, like, so say I'm back at the, back at the gym doing chest again. And I see that I have 17. I know I have to get 18. Because if not, I also like, think it was like a good way to see like what I'm capable of. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. You, it, you'll surprise yourself a lot yeah. of times, like on certain weights or you'll be like, man, I got this seven times last week. Right. You may, whatever you got seven times this week, you may lock in next week and get a nine. Right. And two reps doesn't seem like much, but when you're going to failure, two reps is a ton. Yeah. People underestimate how much progress that is too. Cause it like, they're not throwing more tens on the outside or more twenty fives, but if you can progress one rep each week that you do an RP set, mm-hmm. you progress one rep. So in four weeks, you're increasing weight, and you progress one rep for four weeks straight again. Then you put twenty more pounds on. So technically, you've just progressed forty pounds of weight with your set in eight weeks. And people underestimate how much weight that is. Yeah, even for like really advanced lifters, that's a lot of weight to progress. I think that. The rest pause sets kind of give you, and keeping a log specifically, it gives you that. I can think about some of the first workouts I used to do with Anthony back when I was working out in the fall. And it'd be a deal where, like, okay, we're going to finish on like a burnout set of something or whatever, like a set till failure. And I would always want to go last because whatever he got, I'm like, you okay, if, if I hear that the number he got is 12, I can find a way to muster 13. Out. Yeah. And so, it's just self accountability. Exactly. So I that's, think RP sets hold me the most accountable for myself like because if I'm just doing, for example, if I'm in the gym and I'm just doing a set of 10 to 12, I'm not going to remember next week. Sure. If I got 10 or 12 sure. or what weight I use probably, yeah. unless I write it down, which I do sometimes, but RP sets always remember 
good segue, I guess, would be to bring the CrossFit into this, but we're going to talk about some different training modalities. Uh, we're going to talk about powerlifting versus bodybuilding, and I'm going to throw CrossFit in there as well. And kind of talk about really quickly what, what their different training styles are like, what might be different for them nutritionally, and things of that nature. So we'll just start with, since we've got it right here, powerlifting. So Powerlifting usually focuses around your big three. That is your squat, your bench, and your deadlift. I've seen some powerlifting, you know, competitions that utilize the overhead press. Those are more like strongman style. Sure, than, sure, yeah. sure. But primarily you have those three compound lifts, and that is what your entire... Your entire training is based on bettering those. Yes. So even all of your accessory workouts are still like, you know, looking to... You know, maximize your proficiency in those three workouts. For a one rep max. For a one rep yeah, max. Yeah, so your accessory work, like you said, is all just geared toward, like if it's chest day, you may do three sets of three on bench, as heavy as you can do for a set of three, and then your accessory work is going to be like, okay, can I do pin presses to push through the upper part of that rep? And you may do 10 to 12 pin presses with a crazy amount of weight mm-hmm. that's even more than your max bench to help you push through it's it the training for powerlifting is so different than bodybuilding talking like rest times in between sets you know for bodybuilding usually i'm talking more like 45 to 60 seconds traditionally if it's a really hard like a compound set you might get close to that 90 seconds but you shouldn't be taking two three minutes in between sets versus like if you're hitting your three by three on bench yeah. you know squat or deadlift you're taking three to five minutes yeah, in between sets. four and five minutes that's is pretty standard normal. you know so like you want to make sure you're like you know fresh and ready to go each time you go in there and then nutritionally for a power lifter you know i've I hear a lot of powerlifters use the term, you know, a power belly. Yeah. Which, I mean, granted, like, so to be able to consistently increase your weight, to increase, like, you know, this workload. Fast stores energy. You get you fast stores energy, and they you do need the extra calories to aid in recovery, to do all these different things. I know um, after I dropped out of prep, I said to myself, you know, I was thinking to myself, one of the, and I think probably the most efficient way that I have found for me to strictly track my strength progression was to simplify it like going back to those compound lifts so i took a more of a powerlifting style approach however i stayed in a deficit after i got out of prep just because stress stress i'm a head case and i wanted to look shredded at some point i don't know my joints were pissed. They hated me. Yep. I was so sore all the time. It wasn't like a like muscle my muscles weren't it was sore. A deep ache. It was like in my wrists, elbows, knees, ankles. I was struggling with recovery there, and it was because I wasn't putting the proper nutrients yeah. back in my lack body. Of, lack of food. Exactly. So it's as simple as that. So now segueing over until we'll talk about bodybuilding so with bodybuilding you're looking more at sculpting the body you're looking more at adding muscle here adding muscle there and strength will come but it's almost like a byproduct of what we're going for like i I hear a lot of guys say you know they don't want to sacrifice their muscle or like whatever they'll see like you i mean heck you see bodybuilders that have been like hey, you should watch aaron work out sometimes like we did shoulder press together in here in his home gym and he works up to like, you know, three plates and a quarter on this, you know, like seated shoulder press over here. And I'm just watching this guy at weight and I'm like, Jesus yeah. Strength's Christ. Strength's a byproduct That's of what my I'm muscle saying. and it intensity. I don't train for strength, but I'm strong. Like, I, I'm, but I've never, 
I don't know what my one rep bench is. I don't know what my one rep squat is. I don't know. I do kind of know what my one rep deadlift is because Michael Hill at Corbin Wellness made me do it about a year ago after I hadn't deadlifted in forever. It was horrible. It hurt so bad. I got 530, but I thought I was going to die. Almost passed out after. But uh, yeah, I will never one rep max again my entire life unless it's like pushing something off of me to save my life. That's That's the only one rep max I'm ever doing again. And then we're talking about like the way like your training style would be different so um as far as like how many times you're exercising throughout the week with with powerlifting or bodybuilding um i think it's case to case dependent like i mean heck we're talking about with you know myself right now i'm traditionally training four to five days a week every yeah. week and then like with derek right now he's really pushing himself on some like really hard workouts so three days is plenty three days is plenty plus he's in a surplus but he's he'll got, definitely be plenty he'll yeah. do yeah, he'll I can be tell. plenty and then also like he's got a lot of extra added stress with work right now so we're making sure the recovery is still there that way he's still growing with power lifting if you're hitting you've got a squat day bench day deadlift day whatever and you're killing it in those three days you're staying sore you're seeing your consistent right. growth that might be enough i see overtraining a lot in power lifters too so so many of them would be so much stronger if they dialed back their training frequency by 30 percent. i know a guy and i'm not gonna mention his name he lives in knoxville and trains in knoxville he's a young guy dude is seriously strong for his age and size he's insanely strong he will train like six days a week powerlifting style i'm like dude drop that to four three you will be surprised and he's always getting injured he's always hurting something he's hurting something tearing something just a quick question so i always thought that powerlifting was less volume uh it usually is sometimes but they'll do like accessory work too okay but most of their major lifts are like Three of three. Right. I've never seen powerlifters go over like five of five. I've seen some like a four by six or something like that here and there on some different like mm-hmm. training programs I've looked into. 24 reps? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, man. I mean, I heck, I've they seen, were so tired. Dude, I've seen like eight sets of three on some crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Eight sets mm-hmm. of Stuff like that. So like your rep range within a single set is much lower, but like they'll still end up getting volume elsewhere. Yeah. But, you know, they're doing, you know, what is it? Aerobic is when you're going for more than 60 seconds. Anaerobic is not using oxygen, so it's less than 60 seconds. Am I getting that backwards? That sounds right. And anaerobic exercise is like less than 60 seconds. You can get a guarantee. They're always using oxygen. Well, that's... Well, they say it's an anaerobic exercise. But it's not classified as like anaerobic exercise, like swimming. Water aerobics. It's not like... I know what you're saying. It's a short burst versus a prolonged... Sure. Derek's looking at So that. an anaerobic exercise is a type of exercise that breaks down glucose in the body without right. using oxygen. Without using oxygen. It's shorter it in duration than aerobic. But yeah. Yeah. It's more intense but shorter. Sure. Like exactly. you were saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was agreeing with you. I wasn't okay. disagreeing. Okay. Sorry. I was trying to break it down. Sorry, I'm sleepy. Aaron's made us start this podcast. It's it's twelve eighteen. It's the no sleep podcast. No sleep November, baby. But uh like I said, the rep ranges are a lot shorter. You're not using as much oxygen. Yeah, I forget where I was. Uh, on nutrition of powerlifting, ah, too. Okay. Nutrition of powerlifting is a lot different than bodybuilding. Yeah, well, we kind of touched on that. Like, you're needing more with bodybuilding. More. Even, like, depending on the season that you're in. So, like, bodybuilding, we get into our prep. We're starting to deplete calories because we're just, you know, we're still continuing to shape the muscle. Well, when you're in a deficit, and this is something that's usually hard for clients to understand when I talk to them about it. Okay, like, I'll talk to a 
guys and they'll come to me and they'll say like, okay, I want to lose 30 pounds, but then, you know, you want to add 10 pounds of muscle. I'm like, okay, well, um, if you're very new to exercise, yes. you might add a little bit of muscle as you go 10 pounds of muscle. That's, a, that's I can do that in six weeks. Swear buy my cookbook. Natural. No. Yeah. Greg do set. Buy my cookbooks. You'll gain all the muscles. Yeah. Like you were saying, man, it's so hard to do both at the same time. But yeah, that's why there I'm, are people that can, there are, but that's where like our nutritional change for bodybuilding is that, like yeah. if you're trying to say you're in your off season, we take our off seasons after competition season to try and add muscle. So then we're going to put ourselves in a surplus. It's a slower surplus. You're trying to not gain a ton of excess body fat. You need a little bit of extra calories, a little bit of extra fat on you just to, you know, support those harder styles of training. Kind of like what Derek's in right now, kind of like what I'm going into right now as well. However, our still our primary focus is still conditioning. Our primary focus is still our symmetry and all the you know, it's all aesthetics. Right. So you don't want to add it's all yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. It's all aesthetics based for yeah. bodybuilding. Powerlifting is all strength based. And then finally with uh CrossFit, I think this is the most like broad brush one because I've seen CrossFit athletes that will do one to two classes a week. I've seen some that are doing training one, seven days a week. Some are doing one to two a day. Yes, two. I, I see plenty of CrossFit that will do two a day. They're doing a six a.m. Yeah, and, and a six like, p.m. And if if that works for them and they're getting their nutrition right, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I think I think you can get very strong doing CrossFit. For example, I saw Rich Froning at Kentucky Speedway once. It's been like four or five years ago. Rich Froning, the master of crossfit he is, dude. He is insane no kentucky speedway oh okay. at the racetrack Not i thought this, you meant like corbin just speedway. a random speedway <laughs> no and like <laughs> i didn't South get to speak to him it. but he was at a uh he was at a booth there they were doing something i don't know what they were doing but he looks good sure he does it right well at that point you know that's you know that's his career you know, yeah he that's, understands his, that's that. what feeds his family absolutely so. and i think there's a lot of the people that I see get into CrossFit are they have military backgrounds. They have yes. like, you know, some kind of like sport background where, okay, like they played you know, high school football and they ate whatever they wanted and they just worked out like crazy. Now they're doing the same thing with CrossFit, but now they're 30, 40 years old and they're like, man, I don't know where this gut's coming from, you know? Yeah. Or like, they're, buddy, I, I ruck 12 miles a day and then I do two CrossFit classes. I don't know why I'm getting so fat, but like they, as soon as they finish that ruck, they're going and, you know, slamming two, 3,000 calories. Then as soon as they finish that workout, two, 3,000 calories. Okay, yeah. you're, you're at 6,000 calories from two meals right there, just post-workout meals. Yeah. Anything else throughout the day is just more. But Yeah, but there, I mean, contrary to that, there are people that do it right. I know we bash CrossFit a lot, and it's probably just due to the fact that I, I can't move that way anymore at this size. But, I mean, there are a lot of benefits to CrossFit. I mean, with CrossFit, you're getting strength training and cardiovascular exercise a lot of times at the same time. Sure. Which for me just is too much for me. It blows my mind. I can't think that way. I have to do one at a time, do my cardio, do my strength training. If I'm trying to focus on two things at once, it's not going to work. I just, the thing that bothers me so much with CrossFit is just how many clients I get that come to me with CrossFit injuries. And yes. it's just, I don't think that there's a priority on form enough as like at the entry level. And you just get thrown in. I, a big thing. I just don't see a world where it feels logical to do 
deadlift for reps in a certain time period like you know like max reps at 185 in two minutes or something like that. i can't remember what i'd seen i don't know if it was on a crossfit games but it was literally they were doing like speed deadlift yeah. and i was like this is idiotic and i don't yeah no it's that's idiotic get, it's now, a good I'll, way to get hurt yeah me. that is a great way well and then hurt. okay so there's one i don't know if it's a i don't even know the name of it. it's a snatch squat whatever it is basically you have the you just sling the barbell above your head ridiculously. Yeah. They're so horrible on your shoulders, and then you just hold it above your head and you, stand up. You, you, you well, you do the squat all the way down, and you stand up. So my thinking is, the weight I would have to use to challenge my legs, I don't want to hold extended above my head Over at any head. point in my life. And if I shift a little too far forward and my shoulders go backwards, that's the end of all things good for me because I can no longer do incline dumbbell press. Well, that's my, another thing. Like, it's just, it's, I just don't get it. Where I felt like powerlifting, I would lean more towards that, if anything, is like there's such a – it's almost – performs like overly prioritized like you think about your you know loading 600 pounds on you a squat. have to have you have form. to think about every like where everything's going how everything feels on that negative because like one wrong little tweak here and there with that much muscle overloading on that i seen dudes uh there was that one kid from down at Whitley Wade's. I forget what his name is. Nick. Nick. Yeah. So Nick, like, I think he like blew his ACL out or something on a squat. He has a super, super wide stance squat. And I think like his muscles got stronger than his like, you know, ligaments or his joints or whatever yeah, yeah. that fast. And then just like, you know, blew that out. So it's just, it's so risky. It's so risky. All right. Here's another thing. I want to dive into this. Each one has its risk. So powerlifting. The weight, the way you're moving, Absolutely. there's a risk. CrossFit, the stupid exercises you're doing, yep. there's a risk. Bodybuilding, all the drugs we're taking, there's a risk. How dare Not you? everyone, never mind. I shouldn't say that, but I mean, there's risk with Derek each is thing. as pure as the driven snow. I will not listen to this. Derek's going to be a freak. <laughs> he Derek's going to be on eight weeks on this RP training, and he's going to come in here at like 225. Everyone go oh follow Mr. Derek Sutton. We're going to do a natty or not on him next year. A natty or not. But the best advice I can give is no matter if it's powerlifting, bodybuilding, CrossFit, take a beginner's approach if you yes. are a beginner. Don't try Don't to, try to dive in with people that have been there for 10 years and try to keep up. If you're 16, 17 years old, you shouldn't be doing a rest pause training method. If you're, you know, 16, 17 years old, you shouldn't be doing your powerlifting six, seven days a week. Shouldn't be doing your CrossFit classes twice a day. Listen to your body, take it slow. The gains will come. The best advice I would say is just find like whichever one you're going to do consistently. If yeah. you feel like you have a predisposition to be really strong in powerlifting, stick with it. If you've got really good genetics and you feel like you have good shape for bodybuilding, give it a shot. You're a good athlete and you like the team approach or whatever comes with CrossFit, go, go for, for it. it. Yeah, go but. for it. But the main thing, like Joe was saying, work your way into this. Time is on your side. Like you said, if you're 16 or 17 years old, realistically, you have another 35, 40 years of healthy lifting. Well, hopefully the rest of your life, but you know, there's going to be some bumps along the road, but just take your time. Time, you know, time is, time's on your side at that age. Guys, we're going to wrap it up here. 
Before we go, I want to remind you all that you can follow us on Instagram at Muscles Medicine Podcast. We're posting every week whenever we drop these bad boys. Share them to your story. Leave a comment, a like, tag a friend that you think might enjoy this. If you hear something funny on the podcast, talk about it. Yeah, message one of us. We'll message you back. That's we, what I'm saying. Yeah, and we're trying to get to 100 Spotify followers in the next few weeks. We're almost there. We'll do a giveaway. Once we get to 100 Spotify followers, I think we'll, we should do something pretty cool. We've convinced people to listen to us speak every week now. For This is will be our 11th week, and that's kind of neat. Appreciate all your support, though. We're going to talk to Nutrition Shop about you know getting involved with this next giveaway. We're going to talk to a couple other little companies about like throwing some things in. And what Aaron and I were talking about was kind of doing like a little duffel bag and filling it with goodies for you fellas yes. and or you ladies out there and getting y'all all loaded up and yeah and let us know what you want to hear like we're, we're open books as far as our lives our trainings our current phases our supplementation even like i don't care to dive into that that's Absolutely. something i'm pretty open about um i think it's really, blood work i'll be getting blood work soon so we'll do that yeah too. We'll, just, we'll go over both of ours yeah. kind of at the same time so it's not split up yeah finally got my blood panel back here a couple days ago so that'll be something cool for us to dive into here in the next little bit but Guys, like I said, I want to say thank you all for all your continued support, and we will see you all next week. Peace.